Thank you, Mike. Uh, this morning, we get to do something a little special. Um, so you get to kind of disregard what's in your bulletin, at least for, for the moment, as far as the message goes. And uh, we get to hear from Josh Harrell. Now, Josh, I, you might hear me call him KJ uh, from time to time, and that's because there's too many Joshes in this church, and we had to start making a difference. And so KJ stands for Kawasaki Josh. Um, and uh, God has been working on him for a little while now um, and has really been calling him and moving him to give his testimony. And so after uh, the last few weeks, he, he came to me and he said, I'm ready to do it now. I want to do it now. And so today he is going to do it. And uh, we get to be blessed by that and get to hear from that. And so as he comes up to the, to the pulpit, I'm going to pray and then we're going to hand things over to him this morning. Let's pray together. Our gracious God, Lord, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for testimony and we thank you for the reminder that you are alive and that you are still at work in, in our lives and, and all around us. And so, God, as we uh, take this time this morning to, to hear how you are at work in the lives of our members and in our families, Lord, we just pray that, that your message might be heard through Josh, God, that you would give him uh, calmness and clarity, and Lord, that, that he might communicate what you would have him to communicate today. Lord, we ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Good morning. You all have to bear with me on this one. I'm going to read from the book of Mark first. Chapter 10, verses 13 through 16. It's actually really nice on my Bible. It says, uh, the little children of Jesus. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But his disciples rebunked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such of the, as these Truthfully, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Then he took the children in his arms and he placed his hands on them and he blessed them. Now I know today I'm very blessed. I have a good family. I got good kids most of the time. (laughs) I... uh, I read this still to this day, and it makes me think about uh, the first time I read this. I still think about Jesus walking down a street, his disciples with him, little children just running, coming to him. It's amazing to think that somebody, no, no, no. Jesus coming, get back. Jesus wasn't going to have that. No. He said, bring them here. Bring them to me. I mean, I think of that first day I read that was March 21st, 2018. I read that to my son. He had just had open heart surgery the day before on the 20th. So I was praying. Many of you all prayed for him. And then, I mean, it was not an easy road. That morning on the 20th, 
I look like a slob. Slept in the same clothes for two days. Blue hoodie, UK sweatpants. Four hours of surgery, they were going to tell us. I remember a nurse saying, every hour, I will come out and I'll update you all. I told that nurse separately, I said, uh, you come to me first. Tell me any news. Because I knew if it had been bad news, it was my responsibility to tell her first. That would be my wife. There's no way I was going to be able to handle it. So what did I do for three hours? Well, I paced the hallways. Looked like that nervous cartoon character waiting for uh, the good news that he's had a baby boy or a baby girl. You know, but no, that wasn't it. I was, I was nervous. Oh, I was praying. I bet at one time I could tell you how many tiles were on the floor, how many ceiling tiles. I could count and tell you exactly that. I couldn't remember now to this day how many times I've walked up and down those hallways. Everybody wanted me to sit down. I just couldn't. Oh, I couldn't. I couldn't sit down for nothing. Every hour that nurse came out, I reset my timer. I remember, okay, she'll be back in one hour. When she didn't show up in that hour, boy, I got nervous. I remember sitting there praying and praying and praying. And then a lot of times I was just praying for her to hurry up just to come out and tell me the news. When we did get the news that finally it was all over, we're in recovery, we'll come back and get you, and we're going to take him back down to his room for you. I was like, yes, finally. I sat down next to Josh and my dad. I don't even remember what we talked about. Couldn't tell you. I think I finally relaxed just for that last hour. When me and Samantha got to go back downstairs and see him in his room, oh, that was not a sight to see. I thought, in my head, I was thinking, hey, he's going to be all right. He's all fixed now. Maybe he'll wake up in a few hours and we can go home. This will be all good. That's what positive thinking I was trying to think of. Just every bit of that. That was not the sight I got. <laughs> Drainage tube, scar. Pacer wires, more IV hooked up, nine smart pumps. And if you don't know what a smart pump is, they just take these, all of his medicine that he needed to stay awake, or not awake, stay asleep. His antibiotics, everything he needed, would give him the right amount of dose every hour or every minute. But nine of those. I just... I couldn't, I just, I couldn't believe it. I was thinking, wait a minute, I thought you fixed them. Because me, I like to fix things. Things I know I can, what I can fix, I know I can do it. Hey, I can fix that. Hey, I got this. Well, I couldn't fix him. Oh, and I wanted to. I just wanted so bad to fix him. I couldn't do it. So I had to go to him. I had to ask him, please fix him. Please fix him. Just give him another chance. He was only five weeks old when he had his open heart surgery. Five weeks. Two holes in his heart, left ventricle was closing, and my heart was shutting down. So I had, I had nothing. 
I just was broken. Really broken. I was thinking, man, even so bad that when Samantha and the family were praying for him, I was so bad at sometimes that I was already thinking about funeral. Where would he go? Who wouldn't give his message? Boy, I just I just met this kid. He just came into our world five weeks. Now he's leaving. But then I had to start thinking positive. I started thinking. When I started reading this again, I was like, man, he's great. He can help us. We can just keep praying. Just keep listening to doctors. We keep praying. I can remember every morning going back up there from work, sitting there for hours with her, asking her, hey, you need me to get you something to eat? No. She didn't want nothing to eat. She just wanted to sit there. I'm going to go get something to eat. I didn't know what else to do. Read the book, eat. Maybe even tell them baseball stories. I kept telling them about baseball, how great the Red Sox were. (laughs) If we're this year. (laughs) This year. Uh, Just told them about how the game was played. Still really excited that he could just pull through and maybe play baseball. Well, can't do baseball now. Doctors told us, you know, if he makes it through this, he said, no football, no baseball, no basketball. But he can live a normal life if he makes it through. That's what they kept telling us. We went about two weeks. Heart wasn't even in rhythm. Wouldn't beat for nothing. They were shocking him, keeping that heart going, keeping it pumping. And, I mean, every day we watched them get to the last minute where we thought the monitor was going to go down again. First night after surgery, it did. I went home. I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have went home, but I did. She called me up about 9.30 at night and told me they resuscitate. What do you mean? They resuscitate. He was down for five minutes. Is he all right now? Yes. Do I need to come back up? No, you need to go to work. Still need money, pay the bills. I can come back up. No. No, no, no. I'll be back up first thing in the morning. I'll run the night shift. I'll be good. Okay, we'll see you in the morning. Did exactly that. Every night for three weeks. I prayed every night. I prayed over him. I watched him sleep. She would never leave his side. I finally convinced her one night, let's go home. Let's come, just come home, get a good shower, get some good food in you. I'll get some good rest for one night. She did. So we came home, had a decent night. She called me up. I was almost done with my shift. She goes, Josh, they're talking about another surgery. What do you mean? Well, I've been praying. This is, we can't do this again. I can't sit through four and a half hours of surgery anymore. I can't pace hallways for three hours. I can't do it. I went back to that Bible. And I read that. Let the little children come to me. And do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such thee. Truthfully, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. And he took his hands and he blessed them. 
I was thinking, please, Lord, please come down. Bless this child. That morning, we went back to the hospital, sat down. It's about an hour and a half long talk about just putting him on a transplant list. And that's all it was, transplant list. And I was thinking, hearing every all this information about what goes on, it's just getting put on a list. It's not a tra- It's not. They're not going to do anything. It's just first a lot of procedures, a lot of paperwork. You go on a list. And I just remember just telling like, no. I just kept looking at him, not even listening to the doctor. Just, Josh came up. And then, of course, like every good father who loves his children, has that one comment to the doctor. And I had it, which Mary Jo was there. She laughed. No, you can't do that. I said, can you just take mine out? Can you just cut me open right now? Give me my, Take my heart and give it to him. Because if that's what it takes to let him live, take mine. You take mine. Can't do that. Connor's heart was about as big as your thumbs. Mine's too big. Won't even fit him. Boy, did I want to give my heart. Figured I lived long enough. Figured everything would be alright. It's going to have to be alright. No, can't take mine. Doctor leaves us for a minute. Josh and us, we pray. Doctor comes back over a few minutes later. Says there and he says, I want to apologize to you. What for? Well, I should have looked at the charts this morning before I came over and talked to you all for the last hour. But uh, Connor's heart's in rhythm. He's doing good. Doctor looked at me and goes, you don't want to hit me, do you? Why do I want to hit you? Give me a hug. I'm happy. Why would I want to hit you? You're just a doctor doing your job. He's like, I, I should have came. I should have looked at the charts before we ever had this conversation. I don't even remember the conversation. Just give me a hug. I mean, immediately I was excited. Connor's heart's finally in rhythm. Pumping good. He's doing good. Brain functions are good. Boy, I was happy. I was really happy the day he opened up his eyes. And she got to hold her baby boy again. They asked me too, do you want to hold him? No. Let her hold him. Let me just stand there and just watch them and just feel amazed and blessed. And just know how well he has worked through him. If anyone today ever needs proof why he's real, why he exists, I have walking proof. He just walked out of here a little while ago. He's back there. Every Sunday, he's just like, can't wait to go to church, Dad. Can we go to church? I want to go to children's church. I want to see Joseph. I want to see Zane. Those are my friends. You know, last Sunday, we came home from church. He goes, I'm going to work at a church. I know you're four. You're probably going to change that career again, but good. <laughs> I mean, how else can you, what else are you going to say to a child? He says, I want to work at a church. I know something's working great through that child. 
And I mean, I have just without a doubt. When I mean walk to this same year in 2018, besides the World Series, look that one up. I watched him walk two weeks before Christmas. He never crawled. He got up, stood up, walked. I couldn't be more amazed on how well he works through miracles. I mean, just wonderful. Um, when someone asks, how blessed are you? I'm blessed because I got a beautiful little girl. I got a pretty good wife. She's all right. <laughs> I love you. Uh but, I mean, there's not a thing in this world I wouldn't do for my children. And, I mean, if you don't need something, just hallelujah. How well God can work through just praying and just being blessed. And just knowing how good he works miracles. And, I mean, there's times I was just lost. and thinking, maybe he's not going to help me. Well, maybe I'll just keep praying. Just maybe I'll just keep praying. Every morning, every night. And I'll just keep watching over him and just saying, before I left every day, I'd stand over them, pray, and everything else. And I mean, he works amazing miracles. All we got to do is pray. And God does amazing things. I want to thank you all for letting me come up, talk for a few minutes and everything. I really appreciate it. Thank you all. If you're new with us, you probably didn't know that we have a, a walking, talking, usually running miracle uh, right here in our building. And, and I think of that all the time. And as he mentioned, Joseph and, and Zane and Connor, and, and back in the day we had Gideon with us too, and those four boys. I would say they run the church, but we all know that Miss uh, Madeline, that she actually runs the church, and she's in charge of them, um, and they just do what she says because she can take them. Um, but there is no question in my mind that, that that young man is a miracle, and I'll never forget that day either because I was driving up to the hospital expecting to get bad news and Mary Jo actually intercepted me before I even got there and told me uh, what was transpiring and, and I'll tell you and I know you you would agree you know you, you don't realize that you're in the midst of a miracle until you're just right there and I stood in the I guess it's the NICU I don't know what they actually call it um, that part of uh, Norton's and realizing that I was standing right dead center of a miracle and uh, it was an amazing thing. So if you, if you came here today and you were wanting proof that there is a God in heaven who loves us, who knows us, and is concerned for us, there's your proof. There's no question about it. And we talk a lot about what it means to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. And what we're doing when we talk about making Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior is we're saying, God, I trust you with everything. It means I trust you with my life, I trust you with my eternity, but I trust you with my spouse, and I trust you with my kids, and I trust you with my own son. And we do that because we know that God 
loved us so much that he gave up his son. And he gave up his son so that we might have a relationship with him. And if you even think about the words of, of Josh and just even the gospel message in there where his son was, was sick and, and for all he understood, his son was dying. And he said, take my heart. Take a piece of me. Take whatever it takes so that my son will live. And that's the exact thing that our father in heaven did. Well, he didn't say take my son. He, say, he didn't say take my heart. He said take my son which for all of us that are parents know there's not a huge difference. And he said, I'll gladly give up my son so that they may live. And so as we come to you this morning, we want to close our time with an opportunity for you to respond. And if God has been tugging at your heart through this and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, please hear what Josh said. That's the kind of God we serve. And that's the power of God and that's the love of God and that is who we have placed our hope and trust in. And if you are with us today and if you have not placed your hope and trust in Jesus Christ as both Lord and Savior, then that's exactly what we, what we want you to do today. Because you have a God in heaven who loves you. And you have a God in heaven who is powerful enough to perform amazing miracles. And you have a God in heaven who loved you so much that he gave up his son, nailing him to the cross, being and receiving the penalty for our sin so that we might have new life in him. If you would like to give your life to Jesus today, we would encourage you as we sing our last song here in just a moment to come and I'd love to have a conversation with you. If God has just spoken to you through the words of Josh this morning then, and you would like prayer or you would just like to respond in any way, we would invite you to do that. But let's pray together right now. Our gracious God and King, Lord, we thank you so much for your words. Lord, we thank you for, for just the, the actual real-life testimony that, that we have heard this morning. And, Lord, we praise you that you are a God that is still performing miracles even today. Lord, the fact that you would step in and when all seemed lost and, and everything seemed to be going one way and God, that you would just in your own perfect way, in your own perfect timing would change everything. God, we can see that. Lord, we experience that. And God, we praise you for that. My God and my joy, we know that you are, are calling us to, to experience that same love and that same grace and that same mercy that you sent your son at the perfect time, at the perfect moment to change everything. And God, it is my hope and prayer that all of us in this room would know you in the way that this family knows you that they would experience your love and your grace and your mercy, and Lord, that you would transform us through the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, please do not allow one person to leave here today having not experienced that love and that grace and your power. But God, through your spirit, we pray that you would call all people to yourself. Well, we ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen.